teaching on kingdom economics and dominion. Um, how many of y'all enjoyed last week? Amen. Amen. And um, we've heard some awesome testimonies even since then. Um, but before we do that, just going to go before the Lord in prayer. Father God, we thank you for tonight. Thank you for what you have already released in the atmosphere, in the environment, um, in the building, even online. Lord, we thank you for what you are doing in the earth. We thank you that we have the opportunity to be a part of your kingdom. We have the opportunity to be heirs of the kingdom of God. We thank you. We bless you, Father, that we ask that you prepare our minds, our hearts, our emotions, that they align not just with heaven, but also on earth to receive that which you want to release tonight. And we give you all praise and honor in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. Um, how many of y'all enjoyed the worship? Amen. <clears throat> like always, they just do such an awesome job leading us into the, um, into the presence of God. And so um, they always do very well at setting the atmosphere, which really allows God to really move even through his word. And so I'm excited. I, you know, we, uh, we started our first, first uh, part of the series last Friday, and I have just really been just on high about what God is speaking in the earth when it comes to um, economics and dominion for the body of Christ. Amen. Um, just to hear even the testimonies of what God is doing in individual lives, um, whether it's through their family finances, whether it's in business, um, whether it's in ministry organizations, um, it's just really good to hear how God is moving um, in the body of Christ. Um, and for the body of Christ in this area. And I really believe this is an area that um, in 2021, God wants aligned and clear and clarity spoken. Um, and so that way we can, we can reign um, for the next decades. Amen. Um, and so this is, this is divine time. This is divine time. Everybody say divine time. And so it's our responsibility to align with that and get in alignment with it. So um, if you remember last week, last week we we spoke on um, really just begin to give an intro on what economics is, what is kingdom economics, um, what does that mean? Um, there was two definitions we gave that are um, we call the Webster Dictionary or the World Dix Dix uh, Dictionary or definition. And I'm going to re reiterate those who will we'll, uh, remind ourselves what that is. And economics is the concern with the efficient use of management of limited productive resources to achieve maximum satisfaction of human material wants. Um, that was one definition. Another definition um, is the study of how resources are used to produce goods and services that are in demand by people. Um, and so these are these are two definitions that um, that economics is defined as. And this is really what the world go by. Um, how many know, but we are on a greater, um, a greater dimension of economics. 
because we are a part of the body of Christ. Amen. And so that means that our definition should be even greater. Amen. Everybody say greater. All right. And so let's look at <clears throat> let's look at um, the Lord began to speak to me um, in regards to if Jesus and I want y'all to just kind of play with me on this. If Jesus was here in person today and he had to write the definition for Webster, what would he put? And so we're going to look at his definition. All right. Y'all ready? All right. Here it is. This is also the same person that told the disciples, seek first what? The kingdom of God. And so this is what God gave me. He had to, in person, write the definition. This is what he would put. Economics is the study of people's consumption, production, and exchange of goods and services in order to steward God's creation. There's two element, oh, three elements here that's really important um, when it comes to economics, and that is consumption. Everybody say consumption, production, and exchange. When it comes to kingdom economics, God is always, and we talked about this last week, God is always at work. He is always doing business. Sometimes, you know, we don't look at it maybe that way, but he is. He is always in business. Everybody say always in business. And so this is important because <clears throat> as we have defined from last week, um, who is supposed to be the ownership? Y'all remember, are we supposed to own or is God supposed to own? All right, and then he allows us to be what? Stewards or managers, right? Of that what he has in the earth. Even when it comes to our finances, when it comes to resources, when it comes to, um, and when I say resources, not meaning just time, eventually we're gonna get into that, what are different types of resources that God allows us to operate from and in? Okay, and so that's important. Um, and so this is, what, this is what God gave me as the definition. If he was here today, this is what, what he would write. And so let's take a look at, um, let's take a look at a scripture that I think is very important. Matthew, Matthew 28. I'm sorry, Matthew chapter 6. Verse 28. I want y'all to, but I got it on the screen for it, so y'all may not have to turn to this page. Matthew 6, verse 28. So it says, so why do, why do you worry about clothing? Consider the lilies of the field, how they grow. They neither toil nor spin. And yet I say to you that even Solomon in all his glory was not arrayed like one of these. Now, if God so clothes the grass of the field, 
which today is, and tomorrow is thrown into the oven, will he not much more clothe you? O you of little faith. Somebody say little faith. Now, I really believe in this season, this is an area that God is really trying to advance and upgrade. Our faith. How many of y'all can feel that? How many of you God has been speaking to you about that? There are some things that God wants you to occupy in this season. But how many know the faith that you had last year cannot occupy that what he wants you to attain this year? Because that what he wants for you now is greater than even what you had before. And so that means that your faith has to upgrade. This is a season of upgrading our faith. And I want us to understand we're not just talking about faith in just the area of finances, even though that is a part. But we're talking about even faith in every area of our lives, every area where God is at work. And we're going to look at today even some of those areas where God is at work all the time, 24-7. And so in order for us to occupy that, we got to raise our faith. And so here the scripture says, O you of little faith. Let's keep going in verse 31. It says, therefore, do not what? Be anxious, saying, what shall we eat? What shall we drink? What shall we wear? Now, who was speaking this? Does anybody know? That's important. Who was speaking this at the time? Jesus. He was releasing this at the time. All right. All right, let's keep going. It says, for, for, for after all these things, the Gentiles seek after all these things, and your heavenly Father knows that you need them all. Keep going, verse 33. It says, but seek what? First, the kingdom of what? God and his what? Righteousness. Now, this is a key part to upgrading your faith. This is very good. This is very important. Seek first what? The kingdom of God and righteousness and his righteousness. Righteousness means being in right standing with God. So that means that we can define our own kingdom of God. Let me, let me say that again. As Christians, sometimes we could be a little bossy. We could be a little picky. We could say, well, God, you know, I, 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 I'm, I'm going to seek this part of the kingdom. But see, this part over here, I'm not ready to deal with that yet. But how many know in order to seek any part of the kingdom, you got to seek the entirety of it. Somebody say the whole thing. And so this is why it's important because even the area of our money 
we got to deal with. I said, Lord, if you want us to deal with money, you want us to deal with economics, if you want us to deal with wealth, Lord, give us revelation that's not like what we heard before. Because don't get me wrong, we've heard, I'm sure, if you have been in church probably at least 10 years, you have heard teachings about money. Money coming. Name it and claim it. Have anybody ever heard of that before? Okay. All right. And so what didn't happen? Ching, ching. All right. Even got the, 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 even got the, the, the hand signals. But guess what? what? What I have learned is that have been a tactic the enemy have used against the body of Christ. And let, me say, let me say why. Because people have ran away from the even wanting to gain the understanding of wealth. Of kingdom wealth. Because of what Paul even told Titus in scripture. There are going to be false teachers. There are going to be false apostles. You can't run away from that. There are going to be false prophets. There are going to be false everything. Because you know why? One of the tactics the enemy does is he tries to build a false kingdom in parallel to God's. And so when it comes to even money and finances, what you think he does? He does that to try to kill, steal, and destroy us even when it comes to us being in kingdom wealth. But how many know there's a season where God is raising up people that's going to deal with this area and get us aligned? And tell your neighbor, say, neighbor, I'm going to be one of them. See, you can serve God and still be wealthy. And guess what? Have integrity. You can still serve God, be wealthy, and have integrity. And the Lord showed me that this is a season where you're going to begin to see, like never before, kingdom millionaires, kingdom billionaires that are going to come out of, where they coming out of? Out of the cave, coming out of the wilderness. They, people didn't even know that they was becoming a billionaire. But you know why? Because this is the time where, the, where God's people are going to reign on every mountain. Tell your neighbor, on every mountain. And I'm, I'm, I, I hate to tell you, you may not like what I'm about to tell you, but it's okay. I'll, I'll, I'll pat you back later. In every mountain, you need finances. Every mountain. If you think that you are going to reign in the mountain of media with no money, guess what? You, you, you're mistaken. In the mountain of family. Because guess what? You want to know why some family members don't follow Christian family? Because they broke. That's it. They're like, Lord, why, why would I follow them? Why would I follow them? And, 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 and they don't have, they don't have in their finances what they, what they saying out their mouth. 
Tell your neighbor, alignment. And so this is a season where God wants us to reign in the mountain. And so we have to even deal with this part because this part is in every mountain. Every mountain. Not just business. In every mountain. All right, so here Jesus tells them, for after all these things the Gentiles seek for your heavenly father, for your heavenly father knows that you need all these things. But seek first the kingdom of God and his righteousness, and all these things shall be what? Added to you. Everybody say added. Right now we're seeing Jesus talk mathematics. Throughout the Bible, you will find where God speaks in multiplication. He speaks in addition. He even speaks in subtraction. That's it. And so the thing that God does not deal with kingdom economics is foolery. All right, here we go. It says in verse 34, therefore, do not worry about what? Tomorrow. Don't be anxious about tomorrow, for tomorrow will be anxious for itself. Sufficient for the day is its own trouble. All right, so let's put this in perspective and, and, and make this applicable. If God wants us to upgrade our level of faith, that means that you have to believe in and on something that is out of your control. Which also means that you can't have doubt. Which also means that you can't be anxious. Which also means that we also got to deal with that F word, fear. Tell your neighbor, fear got to go. I was sharing with somebody, I can't remember who it was the other day, and, and, and we were talking about, um, or they, were, they, they called about um, a business opportunity that they have. And, and as an entrepreneur and an endeavor. And they were saying that, you know, the enemy was really using fear to try to hinder them from walking in this open door. I told him, I said, well, what I have learned is that what the enemy don't want you to do is he don't want you to move even in fear. So the best way to combat fear is to move anyway, even if you are fearful. Because what happens is, as you begin to move in fear, and you continue to move, you're going to realize the movement is what's going to give you the courage, the strength, the tenacity to deal with fear. That itself is going to give you what you need. And you're going to notice as you continue to move, fear is going to go. And so what we like to do is we like to tell people, even if you are afraid, move afraid. Because as you continue to move, you're going to find that fear is going to go. The whole purpose of why the enemy uses fear is to do the three things that we said earlier, which is what? Thank you. Say it again. To steal, kill, and destroy. 
Why? Because he don't want you to get to the place where God wants you. And so this is a season that even if fear is there, guess what? We're going to push each other. Tell your neighbor, say, neighbor, I'm going to help push you. Even if you're afraid. Amen. All right. So here we see Jesus is telling them and giving them an understanding of how to handle worry, how to handle doubt, and really how to upgrade your faith. Now, I want you to think about this. I know since I was since I was young to now, which I'm younger. <laughs> I have I have noticed that the world is becoming nations are, are becoming richer. Anybody ever noticed that? Uh, we're actually seeing more billionaires. You look at the list year by year, you see the, the, the list of billionaires actually grows. Um, so that means that people are becoming richer. Everybody say richer. Um, so even though, and, and, and if you notice, you know, the government is pouring out billions and trillions of dollars every year. They make enough money. All right. And so we see that nations look at China. Um, look at even some of the other nations. They are they are growing when it comes to in the economy of. Of money. But what I also have seen is that there have been growth in the area of suicides. There's also have been growth in the area of depression. There has also been growth, especially right now, in the area of mental illness. So, that lets us know that money does not fix some things. Everybody understand that. So there are still areas where no matter how much money you may have, you may still experience mental illness. You may still experience suicide. You may still experience depression. And this is important because there is a time where God wants us to be prosperous in all areas of our lives. This is where kingdom economics and dominion comes from, where we're not just talking about being prosperous even just in finances. Okay? And so um, even, even when you look at substance abuse, it has grown. And so I begin to ask God, God, why is this? Why, even though we see nations growing in money, we, we see growth in these other areas. And so what he began to do is begin to speak to me about 
it's because of the mindset of how we look at economics. So when you look at the world definition of economics like we looked at before, I'm going to give you a summary of that. It means the way the, that people in the world run their economy. The way the people in the world run their economy. Which means that most of the world economy is built off of me, myself, and I. I need to get rich so I can get richer. Even though we have more billionaires, we also are seeing more people in poverty. Which means that there is a divide in the world. And that is not the intent of God. Tell your neighbor, it's not the intent of God. So, what do you think is the answer? love how everybody looking at me. Guess who the answer is? Come on. You in the seats. Those that are willing to have an understanding that there is a kingdom economy that's greater than the world's. And when you begin to understand that, you'll realize that kingdom economy can fix those other issues. Tell your neighbor, can fix those other issues. When we begin to step into what and who we are, you begin to see the gap close between poverty and wealth. You begin to see that there should not be no divide because we've taken our place. Tell your neighbor, taking our place. I want, I want, um, we have a little treat for y'all. We're going to have some individuals come up and do a little skit. And this skit is to coincide and go with what God is speaking tonight and why it's important for us to understand selling out for God in all areas. This is a time and a season where we got to sell out. And God has really been pressing on me That my house don't matter if you have a hundred people that's homeless down the street from you. And see, this is kingdom economics. This is where the heart and passion of, of really, are we who we say we are? Are we ambassadors for Christ? Can somebody go get Roman in for me?
Okay, here they come. This is a little short skit. But this is actually coming from Mark. While they come, and I'm going to give you the scripture where this is coming from. Mark chapter 10, verse 13 through 31. This skit actually deals with a parable that we are probably very familiar with. How many of y'all have heard or read about the young rich ruler? All right. Everybody say the young rich ruler. All right. So in this. In this parable. I'm going to give y'all a little setup. In this parable, we have Jesus hanging out in the streets. Somebody say hanging out. So he hanging out, he chilling. He got the disciples with him. And in the midst of him being in the streets, Somebody gets his attention. This person that gets his attention will be somebody that is very uh, rich in terms of possessions and finances. As pretty much everything he wants, he can go buy anything he wants. He got it all. He got that. Louis Vuitton got he got Gucci and so this rich young ruler have heard what has been going on in his region he heard that there is a man by the name of Jesus who is transforming the region. Somebody say transforming. And what's important with this is because souls are being saved. And so this man is hearing about salvation. He's hearing about how people are getting saved. People are getting healed. Miracles are happening. But how many know he got all kind of money? And he's like, how can I do this? And so here we have the skit from my wonderful gems. As Jesus went out into the street, a man came running up, greeted him with a great amazement and Jesus looked him hard in the eyes and loved on him. He said, 
But when the young man heard this from Jesus, he went away grieving and depressed, for he was one who owned much property. Then the disciples asked, then who can be saved? Awesome job, y'all. Now, the reason why I love this scripture is because what Jesus does here is he shows that there is a area where finances, possessions, being rich, and salvation is going to have to meet. And I love how he handles this, um, even though we I have heard some false teachings when it comes to this. I'm going to show you what I mean by that. And so real quick, I want us to jump to um, in this scripture of Matthew 6. Um, I want us to look at verse um, I'm sorry, Mark. In Mark chapter 10, I want us to look at verse verse uh, Verse 20, and he replied to him, teacher, I have carefully, teacher, all these I have kept from my youth. Next verse, in 21, it says, and Jesus looking at him, loved him and said to him, you lack one thing, go sell all that you have. Everybody say, go sell. All right, so here we have Jesus talking business. Now, what has been, I believe, falsely taught before or even maybe just falsely perceived is that Jesus was not telling the rich young ruler to go give everything that you got. Anybody catch this? Did he say go get it? Okay, he said go sell all that you have. Which means that he did not, not want the rich young ruler to make no money. Did anybody get this? He wanted him to still make transaction off of what he had, which was a business deal. But the reason why he wanted him to sell everything is because he wanted him to do just as he did with the other disciples, which was what? To move and migrate with him. 
Because he told them what after. I want you to do that. Then what? Follow me. Not because he didn't want him to have nothing. Because he had a greater purpose for him. Wealth transfer. And see, here the rich young ruler, he couldn't understand that. That's why he went away grieved. Because his heart was really in the possessions, not in the purpose. Tell your neighbor, say, neighbor, it's time to align with the purpose. See, God wants you to have wealth, but for what reason? And this is where it takes aligning with kingdom, economics, and dominion. This is the difference between the world economy and God's economy. And so here he tells them, you lack one thing. Go sell all that you have. Give to the poor. Because he knew in order to give to the poor, he got to have what? Thank you. So the reason why some of you, God, is calling you to, to be entrepreneurs is not just to gain possessions, but it's for the purpose. The purpose that's attached to it. Tell your neighbor, say, neighbor, it's time to upgrade. All right, so here he gives, he said, give to the poor, and you will have what? Treasures in heaven, and come follow me. This is where God is trying to get us to. Where we are willing to walk by faith and not by sight. To walk by his purpose and not our possessions. Tell your neighbor, say, neighbor, I'm about to walk. God is bringing a kingdom far more real than any earthly power or authority. That kingdom calls Christians to embrace a whole life of economic discipleship. See, one of the things that, that God's been showing, showing us when it comes to uh, us in our maturity state of Christianity we got it backwards. We think once we become an apostle, we can stop getting disciples. Once we become a prophet, we stop getting discipled. Tell your neighbor, discipling is for eternity. As long as you're on this earth, you are going to be discipled. No matter what title you have, no matter how long you've been a Christian. And so even when it comes to economics, God is saying, do I have some disciples? What are disciples? Those that are willing to follow him. 
God, I'm willing to follow you into the business meeting. God, I'm willing to follow you to help the homeless. God, I'm willing to follow you. This is a season where we got to upgrade to follow. Say, God, I'm willing to follow. I don't care what it takes. I don't care what possession I got to give. God, if you say it, I am going to do it. God, I'm willing to follow. Kingdom calls Christians to embrace a life of economic discipleship by which we learn to live as economic citizens. Live as economic citizens of God's kingdom. What does that look like? The Lord began to give me an analogy. When you have economic citizenship, you begin to understand that what I have, I bring. What I have, I bring. No matter what that is, no matter your talents, no matter if your resources, your giftings, what I have, I bring. But then also I'm able to receive. Everybody say I'm also able to receive. So the best analogy that, 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 that he gave me for this is this. Anybody ever been to a distribution um, where, like a food distribution? Okay, so before at a food distribution, you have the people that are actually distributing the food, right? So they have the resources. They get the resources. They put it out, whether it's on the table, whether it's in wherever, the floor in a box, whatever it is, they give it. People come and they receive it. Most of the time, the people that come to receive it, they're getting it because they are in what? Need. And distributions, they help people, right? Check. And nothing wrong with food distributions. I manage a department that does one every other month. We do bi-monthly commodities. But as I begin to do these more and more, my heart and my passion begin to go out for people even more. Not because I don't want them to receive, but I want them to be in a position to be able to give. So God has begun to speak to me about part of kingdom economics and dominion is establishing to where not only are you shifting the mindset to receive, but you're giving them the mindset to give. And I'm going to give you another analogy of an opposite gathering. Still dealing with food. How many of you have been to a potluck? Anybody have been to a potluck? Okay, what's the beauty of a potluck? 
Come on. Everybody bringing something to the table. But what's also beauty of, beautiful about it is that even though you're bringing something, you also can what? Receive something. And see, normally people do a pot, and when they do a potluck, they bring in something that they either, um, yeah, thank you. It's you know, they're supposed to be good in cooking whatever it is. They special dish. So this is supposed to be their strength. Everybody say they strength. And guess what? If they can't cook, then they go and buy something that's supposed to be just as good. But what I love about it is because you can bring one dish. I want y'all to follow me. I'll be okay, Rome, if I can bring one. Okay. If I if if I bring one dish, and there's twenty people coming to the potluck, how many dishes am I gonna be accessible to get? So if I bring, I'm, I'm messing with y'all math here, huh? If I bring, I'm giving y'all a, a, a math problem. If I bring one dish, but there's 20 people coming to the potluck, how many dishes do I have access to? Come on, thank you. There you go, Michelle. Alright, so if I have one dish and there's a total of 20 people coming I put the total in there for you. Alright, if I have a total of 20 people, you got you see these educational these teachers in here they about to jump on me possibly. Now, if I, if I have one dish and there's 20 total people coming Mike, how many people how many dishes do I have access to? There we go. See, this is the beauty of kingdom economics. It's like a potluck. I have my gift. I have my resources. But see, when I connect with other kingdom-minded people, not only am I able to utilize what I have, I'm also able to utilize what? What they have. Come on. So in that word problem, when you put it out on the table, there are not just one dish, but there are 20 dishes. So I'm able to eat from mine. I'm able to eat from Quintessa's. She got that good cornbread that she done made. From Michelle's. She got them good yams. From Delicia's, 
she got that good green bean that I need, that I really don't want to eat, but I need it. <laughs> why, why, why do you think when Paul was migrating and they began to establish New Testament church, first thing he did was he had them do what? Bring all their what? Possessions. Bring all your strength. Bring all your resources. And guess what? We're going to build together. But see, this takes faith. It takes faith. See, some of us, we'll be, we, 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 we may not eat out of some of the potluck dishes because we, we like, I don't know, they may try to kill me. See, that, that might be part of our problem. <laughs> I don't know about, I, I can't eat from, uh, I can't eat everybody's food now. I can't eat. I, I can't eat Brian's Brian uh, okra. No, wait. Wait, what you say? Sloppy Joe. Because you know it's the it, You know it got that red sauce. You know what the them witches do with that red sauce now. <laughs> say your neighbor. Say neighbor. Kingdom economics. So where God is stretching us to is, is he is building, he is building, coming out of the cave, kingdom-minded individuals that are saying, guess what? I may not have the strength of entrepreneurship, but I know you do. So what I'm going to do is support your business. An entrepreneur is saying, you know what, I may not have the passion to go out on the streets and feed the homeless, clothe the homeless. I'm, I'm, I'm busy every day trying to run my business. But what I can do is I can give my resources. So that way you can go do that while I'm doing this. And what we're doing, we are advancing the kingdom together. Tell your neighbor, shifting the minds. I'm going to close with this. There are five areas Well, let me say this. In your own time, I want y'all to read and I know you've read it. But now that God has given some fresh revelation about kingdom economics, I want you to read Matthew 25 again. Okay, Matthew 25 is the, is, is the parable of the talents. Okay, we're going to be dealing with this, this particular passage throughout the series, but I want y'all to get a head start on it. So Matthew 25, I'm not going to go over it tonight. All right, but read that on your own time. All right, five 
complete areas that God want us to reign when it comes to prosperity. I'm not talking about the the tainted ideology of prosperity. I'm talking about kingdom prosperity. Everybody say kingdom prosperity. Okay. These five areas, and we're closing with these five areas. Um, We're not going to go into them. I'm just going to give them to you and talk real quick about them, and then we're going to close, all right? These five areas are so important when it comes to being, um, to operate in prosperity that God desires for us. As heirs of the kingdom, it is God's intent and his purpose and his desire for us to be prosperous. Everybody say prosperous. But it's important for us to know what are those areas that we should be prosperous in. The very first one is spiritual prosperity. Everybody say spiritual prosperity. This means that we are continually growing in the area of our spiritual being. That means our relationship with God is what? Continually growing. Okay? This is important because in order to be prosperous even in the other areas, our spiritual relationship with man has to be in check. All right? And so spiritual prosperity. Second area of prosperity is your soul. Everybody say your soul. Your soul is what areas? There you go. Your soul is your mind, your will, and your emotions. It don't make sense Let me say it this way. You probably have heard it this way. Don't make sense to be all heavenly good and no earthly value. What that means is that, Lord, we got a deep prayer life, but our emotions are jacked up. Lord, we could prophesy. We can move in the gifts, but our mind is on the verge of suicide, insanity. So as you can see, the soul has to be full as well. So it don't make sense just to be spiritual, but you got to have your soul in check. So your mind your will, your emotions. Why do you think the Bible tells about you could prophesy in my name? And I'm paraphrasing, but you can prophesy, you can heal, you could deliver, 
You can cast out demons. You can move in all the gifts. But depart from me, you worker of iniquity. Why? Because even the will of why you're doing it is not heavenly. So this is important. Soul prosperity. The third one. Oh, they put it up there for us. All right. The third one is bodily prosperity. That means that even physically we have to be in check. This has to be upgraded. I'm not just preaching to y'all. I'm preaching to me too. We cannot expect to be able to run and do missions and to travel nations and we can't run around the block. <laughs> so our physical being has to upgrade. Everybody say prosperity even in our body. Mm. I know some of y'all felt that one. Mm-hmm. All right, so that's number three. This is this this these are uh, is going to require what what God has been speaking that paradigm shift that shift for us to grow. All right, number four, financial resource prosperity. This is number four. Okay. And again, this is where we have to understand that there are resources that God has given us that He wants us to be prosperous in. And, 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 and he want us to excel in excellence in. And it's not just, like I said, just finances. It's also resources. Being, working in, 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 in prosperous of our time in excellence. Number five, relational prosperity. Oh, this is a big one. Oh, this is a big one. Oh, this is a big one. I think some of us might need to do some deposits in this one. We, 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 we saying that we want to own a business, but we don't like people. Oh my God! I'm about to, I'm about to, I'm about to turn this off, y'all. <laughs> we want our own businesses, but we don't like people. Let me tell you something. In order to, I don't care if you're not. Let me put it this way. At some point of time in your business. You're going to have to deal with somebody. Whether that's somebody on your team or that's somebody that you got to serve. And so an area that we really have to upgrade is relational prosperity. How many of y'all agree with that? 
So fullness in these areas of prosperity, what does it create? And I'm about to give you these last bullet points. It creates and establishes and it gives you the understanding that what you do daily, how you work daily, is actually a calling from God. So this is where that paradigm shift comes. So you going to your job is not just clocking in and punching in. This is part of your calling. Tell your neighbor, part of my calling. This is kingdom economics. When you understand kingdom economics, you begin to realize that I'm not just supporting myself and family, but I'm also serving others. Kingdom economics. Also, it means that when I have accomplishments and, and things that I begin to receive, that I also understand that there should be a generosity of me to be able to help empower others. So this is the transference of wealth. That I'm not just taking what I have and retaining it, but I'm willing to transfer it to empower somebody else to grow. Tell your neighbor, kingdom economics. I'm looking to build my brother and my sister. Kingdom economics. I'm looking to grow that person. I'm looking to upgrade their mindset. I'm willing to help deal with their soul. I'm willing to help find out, okay, what area of the fullness of prosperity is lacking so I can help upgrade them. Whether it's they soul, whether it's financial, whether, whether it's the spiritual part of them, what area can I help bring prosperity to them? Tell your neighbor, kingdom transfer. Number four, spiritual and resources are integrated. What I mean by that? What I'm doing spiritually should also integrate with what I am doing with my resources. This is important because what has happened for so long is we have done spiritual things just in the four walls. But kingdom economics has the understanding of knowing that even what I do spiritually in my four walls or in my prayer closet, I'm able to take that and use it even with my resources. That yeah, I'm a prophet even, and I'm a prophet in the four walls, and I'm a prophet outside the four walls. My apostleship does not just stop when I come here on Friday nights. Even when I step out there on my job, my apostleship is rising. Kingdom economics. That I am called to even be a prophet entrepreneur. That even when I'm in business meetings, Apostle Brian, what happens? What happens even when I'm in business meetings? Now, I'm not talking about me personally. I'm just saying what should happen. Come on. Come on. That's it. 
So those things, those studies that we've been having, that we've been reading, them books that we've been reading to upgrade our kingdom language, guess what? That's not just for when we get around our kingdom brothers and sisters. That's also for when we in a business meeting. That's even when I'm in my classroom. That's even when I'm on my government posts. That's even when I'm in the news, in the media. Tell you not, neighbor, kingdom economics. And the last one here, and this is a big one. If we want to see wealth transfer, if we want to see the world be ignited by kingdom, we got to begin to engage them. Engage the world. Church, rise up and engage the world. Engage the world in every area that you have dominion in. Tell your neighbor, say, neighbor, it's time to engage the world. How do you engage the world? You can't engage the world with fear. You can't engage the world being timid. You can't engage the world not knowing your identity, not knowing who you are. You have to be able to engage the world in the authority that God has given you. Having the understanding of what he has given you, not just the authority, but what he has given you, engage the world. Right now, if I walk up to my wife and I got doubt in my mind that I'm her husband, what do you think she's going to do? Thank you. She's going to say, boy, wake up. Get to your right mind. Don't you know you are my husband? If I decided I just want to switch roles and act like her son. <laughs> What'd you say, honey? That's not alignment. Why? Because I need to know who I am. So when I walk in that house, I put my feet up on the couch. No, I'm joking. <laughs> I'll just joke here. <laughs> I'm just joking. Know who you are. Amen. All right, everybody stand to your feet. I hope y'all receive something tonight. Wednesday and, and, and um Wednesday and Friday. I want y'all to make sure y'all tune in Wednesday. We're gonna de be dealing still dealing with kingdom economics, even on the line. But Apostle Brian is gonna be releasing what God has given them. Right? Wednesday and Friday. Right? Y'all do me a favor. Y'all, Friday night, next Friday, y'all invite somebody. Okay? Y'all invite somebody. This is an area, this is an area where not just us need to understand and know this. But there's a there's a shift that's happening in the earth. And you want
want your family, you want your friends to understand this shift because they can possibly miss out on what God is doing. Amen. Hey man, that was good, right guys? That was delicious. <laughs> um, let me just give you a little nugget though. You know when you get a word like this, you gotta walk real light. You gotta walk real, real light because <clears throat> you know you're gonna be tested. But the very word that just got planted in your heart, as soon as you cross the door right there, not the front door, that door. The enemy going to try to snatch that from under you. So you're going to have to go watch the replay or make take some notes. If you already took notes, go back and look at your notes. Because as quick as the seed is planted, the enemy try to steal, kill, and destroy that thing that's just been imparted into you. So make sure, you know, before you just, you know, meditate on the word. That's why it's important um, to meditate on the word of God. Meditate, what it say, day and night, so that that thing could get in your spirit. So whether he try to come at night, be like, ah, I already got that one. <laughs> yeah, come next time, I got that one. You know, that it be in your heart. Amen. <laughs>